0: Welcome back to Tevating Patiently, the appreciation podcast that highlights, dives deeper, and celebrates the work and accomplishments of our national treasure, Aaron Tevate. I'm your host, Elizabeth, and I'd like to take a moment to just say thank you for your support and positive feedback on last week's birthday episode to celebrate Aaron. He really has impacted so many people around the world in so many ways, This week's episode is going to pay its respect to Spooky Season by acknowledging the only reason, in my opinion, to ever watch anything horror-related. Aaron Tveit's two roles in the episodes of Season 1 of American Horror Stories. While Broadway was still shut down due to the pandemic, Aaron considers himself one of the lucky ones who still had jobs and got to work on set while much of the world was shut down at home. In an interview with Entertainment Tonight, Aaron said that he, quote, jumped at the opportunity to work in the worlds created by Ryan Murphy and be able to take part in telling two different stories within the same season, End quote. If Moulin Rouge! had still been open and running on Broadway, Aaron would not have had the openings in his schedule to be able to take part in this filming. He, of course, shared how grateful he was to still have opportunities for work during this pandemic. Aaron's first appearance was in Episode 2 of the series, Rubber Girl, Part 2. This episode aired on July 15, 2021. He starred as Adam the Contractor, alongside Gavin Creel, who played Troy, and Matt Bomber, who played Michael. Adam is hired to do some renovations on the house that Troy and Michael recently purchased. The home that Aaron's character was hired to renovate is actually the Roseheim Mansion, known as the Murder House in Los Angeles, California. In an interview with Newsweek, Aaron said, quote, it was actually pretty terrifying to film at that location because the house is really supposed to be haunted, end quote. He went on to say that he wasn't scared while filming because it was like having a little city inside the house with all the cast and the crew for the filming and all the equipment but he said if he were to be left alone in that house, totally different story. Characters Troy and Michael end up getting much more than they bargained for when Adam and Troy connect on a deeper level. If you've seen the episode, then you know what I'm talking about. In the Entertainment Weekly interview, Aaron says, quote, I was really there to challenge their relationship and see how far I could put a wedge between them, end quote. Aaron says that he had fun mixing up things with Balmer and Creel. He said, quote, the comfortability level is just off the charts. So that allows for you to kind of go for things and really kind of test the boundaries of the story you're telling, End quote. And boy, oh boy, did they test boundaries. If you haven't seen the episode, think about how close Gavin and Aaron came to kissing in both of their miscast performances together then multiply that by like a thousand. Aaron got to push his boundaries as an actor too. His character Adam goes from seducing Troy to being menacing towards Troy and Adam, Troy and Michael within minutes. But after the bodies of missing girls were discovered in the walls of the house by Adam, Aaron's character, Adam kills his coworker with a hammer and he turns and tells Troy and Michael that they're, quote, in this together now. I don't think any of them realized that in this together meant they'd all be murdered in the house within hours of each other. Sociopath contractor or not, Aaron looked amazing in this episode. And of course, it was in the most basic wardrobe ever. Jeans, a plain white tee, jean jacket, and of course, Aaron's perfect wavy hair. Major, major props to the American Horror Stories wardrobe, wardrobe department, A++ plus plus, guys. Now, if you're like me and horror is not your thing, but you want to watch Aaron in American Horror Stories, his Rubber Girl episode as Adam is the one I'd recommend you go with. Yes, it's got the horror aspects, but it's much tamer than the psychological stuff of nightmares, that was his other AHS episode, Farrell. Farrell premiered on August 12th, 2021, and this time Aaron played a father, Jay Gantz. This episode was filmed in Big Bear Lake, California. Aaron said it was like the whole crew went on a field trip for filming. When speaking with Entertainment Weekly, Aaron spoke to how powerful it is to film on location because that does the work for you as an actor. Like you don't have to imagine the set or the stage or where you are, you're physically in it. Aaron's character Jay, his wife, and their young son Jacob went on a camping trip. This is a tough one for me right from the get-go. One, while I love the outdoors, camping is not high on my list of activities to do, for various reasons. And two, personally, I also have a young son, and his name is Jacob. So knowing ahead of time that something was most likely going to happen to Jacob in the episode, already had me on edge. In an interview with Newsweek, Aaron described the situation of the feral episode as quote, every parent and everyone's worst nightmare. End quote. He went on to say that the events of the episode quote, were a real test of grief vulnerability. And it's a real test to see if you could go to the depths of those places that you don't often get to go to. End quote. After Jay's son had been missing for 10 years, he is contacted by a tracker and is persuaded to go out and look for his son again as it's believed he has been sighted. When approaching the park ranger's office at the National Park, Jay catches his first glimpse of a creature, which was we will later learn is the feral people who live in the national parks. When describing the ferals in Newsweek, Aaron said, quote, Those creatures you saw in the episode, they were terrifying, and they looked like that in person. It wasn't CGI. It wasn't anything put on later. They were actual, tangible, real humans in those costumes all day. You didn't have to necessarily suspend disbelief you could react to what was right in front of you, which made it much easier, I imagine, than doing it without them in front of you, and I'm very grateful for that." End quote. As you can probably imagine, the search for his son does not go as planned. The tracker who contacted him had an ulterior motive and led Jay and his now ex-wife to be face to face with the Farrells. While trying to flee, Jay is actually shot and has to try to flee to safety while wounded. They make it back to the park ranger's office where they are told the truth about the Ferals, their existence, and what most likely happened to their son, Jacob. While Jay and his ex have a scene or two of peace in the office, they share some moments of reflection about the last 10 years. You were right, and I was wrong, again. I almost got us killed brought this all back around. Well, at least we know what happened. It would've been better not to know. I'm sorry for everything, for Jacob. This, pushing you away. I wanted you to blame me. I wanted to punish myself so I destroyed the best thing I ever had. However, in the park ranger's office, it turns out that they are anything but safe. The ferals, who have in the past stayed deep in the forest, emerge and attack the ranger, leading Jay and his wife to have to flee again. And this time they're chased by the ferals. And when Jay can no longer continue to run because he is wounded, he and his wife realize that they're in front of a throne made of skeletal remains, and in that seat, is a boy. As Jay and his wife, they take in the sight, they notice something familiar. Jay's pocket watch is around the boy's neck and it's in that moment that they realize the boy in front of them is in fact their son, Jacob. While making this realization, they are surrounded by the pharaohs who are looking to Jacob as their leader to tell them what to do. And despite Jay and his wife crying and saying Jacob's name, he does not recognize them. And when asked by the Pharaohs who they are, Jacob responds with, "Wait for it." Dinner. You can use your inference skills to imagine what happens to Jay and his wife. Ugh, it's it's utterly heartbreaking. The emotions of Jay and his wife are so raw and real throughout the episode. But at the end, there's a close-up of Aaron's face, and he's smiling at his son, but he also has terror and tears in his eyes. And not going to lie, I held out hope for like a split second that Jacob would recognize his parents. But then, it wouldn't be a horror show if he did, and there was a happy ending. Now would it? Entertainment Weekly asked Aaron which of his two episodes were the bloodiest for him, and he said that it was, quote, a toss-up. He went on to say, quote, When I got killed in the first one, they did a shot where I was laying on the floor. So they basically had this whole rig, and there was blood coming out of my neck from a tube in my back. While all the blood was pooling on the ground, my face, my hair, it got everywhere. And then in the second episode, I had a gunshot for the last two acts of the episode. So I had blood on all layers of my clothing, and it was coming down my pants, and it was just a lot of blood and a lot of sweat. Newsweek asked Aaron about his personal fears, to which he revealed, quote, alien abduction and being stuck underwater. But he followed up by saying that those would be subjects he'd be interested in exploring if he ever returned to American horror stories. I mean, Aaron, he does not shy away from opportunities to push himself to new levels, even when it comes to facing his fears. If I had to share my personal greatest fear, I think it would be being followed, like the idea of someone following me when I'm driving or leaving a place and heading to my car is just terrifying to me. I don't like scary movies or shows, so I watched both of Aaron's episodes during the day and I even had the lights on. I don't mess around. Farrell still kept me up at night because of the disturbing, heartbreaking storyline and I'm still in no way a fan of the horror genre. But if Aaron were to take on a horror role again, I'd go through the mental preparation to watch, just for him. And that's a wrap on Aaron's first appearances in American Horror Stories. As I mentioned earlier, if you haven't watched his episodes because you're not a horror fan, his first episode, Rubber Girl Part Two, is the lesser of two evils, so to speak. Thank you so much for listening today and for your support of this podcast and today's episode to wrap up spooky season. If you're looking for more fun, Aaron content, you can find me on Instagram at Tivating underscore patiently or on TikTok at tivating_patiently. patiently. Hope to see you back here for episode 21. Happy Halloween, everyone.